Are we having a party here? I don't know. Welcome to Polishing Profits. Join our three industry experts boasting 140 years of experience as they unlock building service contracting secrets that can revolutionize your business. Well, here we are once again for another episode with Smiling Ed, Sharon. See, I'm smiling. Look at that. That's, that's yeah. pretty good. Electronic management closet. Yeah, I'm always yeah. smiling. Always yeah. smiling. Well, we're going to have another episode today on on time management. We had uh, one prior to this. We're doing three. Who knows what order you're going to watch these things in? So this is the second installment. If you can go back, and I'm horrible on knowing what episode is what, so I should probably get better than that. But there's a time yeah. episode prior to this, and the whole thing is, how do you use your time? We talked about that. So if you go back and take a fast look at that. And uh, let's see, did I really introduce everybody? Ed, wave. We're real formal here. Sharon, <laughs> interesting bit of news for the audience. Sharon's mother used to be called Speedy, but we didn't ask why. So but that, I think that goes <laughs> with her name. Her name was Ethel. Ethel, so, okay. Like the gasoline Speedy, they used to Speedy call her Ethel. Speedy. Yeah, that's a that's a perfect lead into our time. Well, yeah, most we'll dedicate most, this to most, most people don't know this, but Sharon actually sang uh, backup for the B fifty twos. So <laughs> that's a time for another topic and another story. Yeah. With all that said, what is your time worth? That's what we're going to spend the next eighteen twenty minutes talking about to get you thinking, give you some insights. Where do you put your time? And where you put your time is based on what you think you're worth. You know, if you're out cleaning buildings and you've got somebody or should have somebody to do that, and you're at that point in your business, then that needs to be delegated. What's your time worth? You need to be growing your business. You need to be developing your managers, your supervisors, and your time is valuable. So, Ed, I'm going to come to you first. And say, talk to the audience about understanding what their time is worth as an owner, founder, operator of their company. Well, it's funny how, you know, and each of us learn this, you know, in a different, in a, in a different way. I'm always open that that first company was like a bad car wreck that just never stopped. It was like a moment, moment of impact for like two and a half years. When you know you're going to wreck that split second, it never yeah. stops seven days a week. Okay. <laughs> so I really didn't get a handle on it until I went to work for that big company that I worked for that did the big buildings and so forth. And it was out of necessity because I had sold as much as I could and where I am. And then I went to another town that was a couple hours away and sold there. And so I was in two different cities uh, in, during the week. And when it came to time, my kids were small, and you know, I I always figure in life stuff in in business stuff. I, you got to mm -hmm. look at the whole picture, you know. And it became an objective to just have have time at home. Okay. It was important. It was as important as anything else I was doing, and it all went so fast. You know, the kids grew up so damn fast. I look back and I think, my God, what happened? So. So, Sharon, how about considering what your time is worth? What what would you tell our audience to think about as an owner, founder, understanding what their time's worth and where they're putting it? 
I feel as though the owner is the most expensive person in the company. Okay. And that said, their ability to manage their time or to control what they do with the same 24 hours that everybody has is paramount to their success. It's the key. If they are continuing to do tasks, and you know we have to distinguish that early on, they're going to do a lot of tasks. But as they grow, sometimes they have to bite the bullet and go ahead and go out on a limb and hire someone to do those tasks that free them up to do the bigger picture. And when they lose sight of that, and they continue to do the, I'm going to call them menial tasks, they're important tasks, but they're not necessarily going to get them to their growth and profit goals. So coming to grips with the fact that, yes, I have to pay money to hire someone to do these things for me is a huge part of their success. Yeah, I think it really hit me early on when I had somebody ask me the question. I was doing almost a lot, everything at this point, right before we started the, our first jump to our first million. And it was, well, and people laugh. Well, they said, you're cleaning the buildings. And I said, yeah, because that was part of my paycheck, right? And they said, what does a cleaner make? And I think at that time, a cleaner made, we'll say $3 an hour. I know everyone's going to laugh. It was $3.35, Mark. That's how far yeah. back it was. My yeah. first job was a buck and a quarter an hour. But that's another story. <laughs> Cleaning mobile home lots. Anyway, um, I said, well, they make three in the, what you say it was at? Three and a quarter? Three thirty-five? Three thirty-five. And they said, okay, that's what you're getting paid. And it never dawned on me because I looked at it. Okay, it's the company. It's me. You know, I take my check. And, and all of a sudden they said, why don't you start accounting for everything just like you were an employee? So in other words, if you clean, that's one rate. If you do floors, that's another rate. If you supervise, that's another rate. And all of a sudden it dawned on me, I'm doing a lot of work that somebody else should be doing. And then I had to look, this was a lot later, and it finally dawned on me that you have to prepare as your company's growing to bring people in. And that's when you have to invest in additional people. We've talked about delegation. But that's when you have to look at this and forecast and say, look, I need somebody now and I can't add another 10 people on my staff without help. So you've got to get your management in a little ahead of the game or your supervision a little ahead of the game and invest in them and have them ready when you are when you get awarded those accounts. That helped me a lot. So we were always investing in future. We we're always looking at what are our needs? What are our management needs this year and next year and on projected sales? And we would hire and develop accordingly. But again, it gets back to what your times were. And I was selling and developing and seeing major customers. Ed? As soon as you walked in the door at my place, I was kind of thinking, okay, now what else can they do? Is there any opportunity for this person to move up? Would this pe person be able to supervise? Could he maybe just be a team leader? You know, what are uh, their capabilities? And then the other thing that I made out like a bandit with was I wanted to know what else they knew. And there was amazing people that would come through looking for part-time work. We had a carpenter who did absolutely unbelievable work. And, and he had a little part-time job cleaning at night. 
you know. And I, I know I've told the story about the T-shirt kid, but this guy built us the most beautiful deck that I couldn't have even imagined around a pool. And so I was always looking for what else they were doing. The kid that came in, parents were hippies, and he had been paying the rent by selling a shirt at the flea market that had a pot plant on it. That's it. He had one. There was one design. That was it. But, you know, we started talking about it. And I told him, I said, listen, we're thinking about that now, but I don't want, you know, I don't want to look like the, like the air conditioning guy or the plumber or any of that stuff. I want something. Pardon me. I want something else. And the kid was sharp as a tack. He says, oh, you want a concert shirt? It's like, yeah. Yeah. A concert. Somebody cool. A concert shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had to, I mean, it was just the coolest t-shirt. What was funny was that my daughter was going through a pile of stuff at a used place we have used stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, thrift, yeah, store. thrift store. And she, and she found one of my company t-shirts. <laughs> so. At the thrift store. She at the thrift t-shirt. store, yeah. Cool. At the thrift store. I think you're always looking for what else somebody, that's a good point. What else can you do? What else can you do? Yeah. 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 The next foreman, the next supervisor. Yes, Sharon? I think one of the the, um, other techniques that uh, was not an issue when I had my business, but it is today, and that is the addiction to social media and digital distractions. And I think that, I feel that, Controlling those is a huge part of your ability to get more things done and and to delegate. A lot of people leave their email uh, tab open. They get notified every time there's an email. Same with text. They get notified. That's one of those distractions that takes you 12 minutes to recoup from. So every time those things come through, you're going to be having downtime. So my advice is to turn off the notifications unless you're expecting something um, important to come through or set blocks of time where you are checking emails, maybe at first thing in the morning, maybe it's at eight o'clock, eight thirty, not again till two and not again till you go home at the end of the day, um, unless you're expecting something same, you know, texts might be a little bit more urgent, but text now. Today have become so commonplace that people are just glued to their phone waiting on these tests. So management of social media distractions is a huge part of your ability to control your time and get more done. Yeah, one one thing to add to that, I know that there's an off, I'm seeing it like more and more and more, uh, people that are relying on their employees' uh, smartphones. Mm-hmm. There's timekeeping apps. There's uh, GPS type apps that, if you're not at the right building or if you're at the bar yes. instead of the janitor's closet, so that's another uh, consideration when completely turning off the phone. There's, there's people now that are using it. So, but that's where you have an administrative assistant or a supervisor or a manager monitoring that. It's not something other than in the early years that the owner would monitor. Early days, yes. But then that's handed off to someone else to monitor. So the owner can still focus on growth and development and sales and profitability. 
Yeah, interesting. It it gets down to our first our other time management or time management time usage, excuse me, episode. You have to look at what what you think you're worth and who should be doing it. You really need to know where your time is going, and that gets back to our other episode. If you don't know where you're putting your time and things aren't getting done, you've got to backstep that. You know, but we're talking about hiring, delegating, doing the job you can make the most money for the company. But on the other side of that, you've got to know where your time's going and what you're doing. And it's today, it's really different. We didn't even think about an HR or a talent acquisition person or whatever you want to call them today. When we were building a company, we did a lot of that ourselves early on. Now with turnover and the difficulty of finding people and the right people and getting them into your company, and the turnover gate even revolved, has been revolving faster since COVID. You, that's a key component as your company's growing. When you're approaching a million, you better have somebody doing that or you're going to be sitting on the phone talking and interviewing people. And mm-hmm. I've really learned that from talking to my clientele. That's a big thing that yeah. has changed in being able to get out of your own way is that gate revolves, that turnover gate revolves a lot faster than it used to. And that's one of the first things you've got to have people coming in when your turnover and churn is being affected at a high level. And that's something, you know, that's probably one of the last things I got was an HR person. We used to do our own, the managers would do it, you know, early, mm-hmm. early on. And so, but what are you spending your time doing? And uh, one client I was working with, we looked at it and he was spending all of his time interviewing. I right. said, this has to stop. I've what got you- one like that now. I totally mm-hmm. hear what you're saying. She yeah. spends every one day a week interviewing. That's all she does. That's crazy. But not at her revenue level. Needs to. It's time to delegate. We're working on that, bringing somebody in to do that. And that's a key point. Revenue level has a lot to do with it. Yeah. And back to my yeah. earlier point, sometimes you have to invest out of your cash flow to get that person in before you really need them and you're at a crisis right. moment. You don't want to be hiring. My, my thought was when I'm delegating, I don't want to be hiring to cover a crisis. I want to be hiring ahead of that. And it's not always possible. But definitely, you've got to be working ahead. I always call it ahead of the snowball. You know, you want to be behind the snowball, not not in front of it. Mm -hmm. It's a great analogy. And it gets to delegation. Then somebody says, well, how do I know what to delegate? And I've used this. I forget where I've got it. I think most everything we all talk about swiped anyway. It's. There's nothing new under the sun, as it says in Ecclesiastes. So um, somebody said, well, make an org chart. I remember sitting in a seminar. So I made an org chart, and I put CEO, and I put whatever. And he said HR, uh, training, and I made a block for everything. Now he said, put the people in those blocks that are currently doing those jobs. And he said, if it's you, put it in there and try to figure out how much time you're putting in as the Mm -hmm. HR person. Just guess. He said, I don't care. But if you're doing that job, you put your name in that box. Mm -hmm. If you're sharing it, you put your name in somebody else's. And he said, when you get all this done, so who's doing the who's doing the cleaner training? Who's doing the supervisor training? Who's doing the HR? Who's training the managers? Who's doing the QA, QC? When you're all done, look at where you are and how dispersed you are over the organization and start figuring out where you need to hire and delegate. One of the best pieces of advice 
I ever got. And I, I still walk clients through that to, to today. And they, it's a real eye opener. Deciding what I should be doing with my time. And they'll find mm -hmm. all of a sudden, well, I'm, I'm out in the field far too often answering complaints. Well, that sets a whole nother series of questions you need to investigate as to how right. to get that closed. So you and, just take and, the org chart and work through it. And coming up with that org chart and the descriptions and filling it out requires time and planning. If you're operating by the seat of your pants, where you come in each day and it's a new set of surprises of what I'm going to work on today without a plan, you're never going to have time to do that. That's a very important tool, really important tool to use. How, how many times do we all hear, I'll let you guys talk to this, you talk to somebody exactly like that, you're working with them and say, well, I don't have time to draw that chart up. I don't have mm -hmm. time to mess with that. And then the question gets down to, well, what do you have time to do? Right. And it really gets down to what are you worth? It does. And if you're putting your time in the areas that aren't getting a good return, you're yeah. worth less. The way that I put it is that you can't afford it. You, you, can, you can't afford to be doing that. I mean, you right. will lose money. You can't afford to screw around like that when somebody else can do that. It's like throwing money away. That's all. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I bet that gets their attention. It does. Now, now, there's one other thing that when I would bring supervisors or managers aboard, one of the things that was real important was that I had their back. Okay. And I had a kind of a st standard speech about, look, you know, this is the first job that you've ever had where you have a mistake quotient. If you're not making a number of mistakes, then what that means is that you're not doing anything. Right. Okay? The only people that make mistakes are the people that are doing stuff. And I would rather you do something than not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, where are you using your time? We're back to we all get 24 hours in a day, no more, no less. And are you doing the things? And if you're if you're involved in the business development, the growth and the client engagement side of the business, which was where I like to live. If I didn't live there the last 15 years, I was operational as the CEO and a lot of other things. My hands got my fingers in it just because we had to. But you play to your strengths. And if you like operations, look for a salesperson in a business development. If you mm -hmm. love sales, look for somebody that can plug the gap that you're not good at. You don't need to look. I think a big part of good time usage is hiring to your weaknesses, not to your strength. Bring somebody on that can compliment you. Do what you give them to do better than you can do it. And I will say when I was the last 10 years or so, everybody on the team, I couldn't really do their job. I couldn't do accounting and all that stuff that the CFO did. I had very little interest in the HR other than when we got in. They did the job so well, the managers, because that was their job. And you've got to find the people that can take that over and do it better than you can. And sometimes for the owner, that's setting your ego aside. Because when you build the business and you kind of do everything and you come up, you get that at least. I find it true talking to people and even myself. I did it all, so I know it all. Well, that's not the case. Right. Get somebody in there, hire and develop people to support your weaknesses. That's just a piece of advice I found really valuable. 
And when I started doing that, the company started to change. Well, it's, you have to keep in mind that you're the most expensive person in the organization. And that means that every minute you spend really counts. And that if you look around at successful people that you admire, they have the same 24 hours every day that you do. So if you look at what they do and how do they use that time, it can give you some insight into what you should be doing in your business. All right. Very good. And to close up, we're going to do our scrub down, which we're going to provide just our insight on what we think the key takeaways were in our episode that you just listened to. The scrub down, a recap of what was covered on today's episode. So Sharon, I'm going to start with you and let you come out of the gate. Key takeaway for you on our scrub down here. Okay. I think the most important issue with time management is learning to control your the time that you're given. Let's say you have eight hours in the day. Controlling it to available time and unavailable time. Available time when your office doors open, you answer questions, people come in and out freely. Your uh, ability to get real focus and concentration during that available time is pretty limited. You're not going to get a lot of good planning time. In order to get that, you have to have unavailable time where your door is closed and you manage your time by thinking, planning, developing your company and your business. And everybody needs some available, unavailable time every day. Excellent. Ed? Yeah. Um, one of the things that came out is uh, being able to identify those tasks that you don't need to do, okay, that somebody else can do. And half the battle is just knowing what it is. Because if you think about what happens when we walk into the office, there's this barrage of all kinds of stuff. You know, if you're running the show, you know, everybody's got something. And being able to identify exactly what is the most important things and who can do what you're doing. Yeah, and do it better. And well, when you, hopefully, when you yeah, look at the worth of the owner, probably cheaper in the long run. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My, my point, it, it's kind of a mix of everything that uh, you guys just mentioned. Know what you're worth, what you're making. And if your company wants to grow, know where you need to be. What is the best strength that you have and where you need to be in the company to move it forward and to grow? That's where you're most valuable. And I'll go back to what I said in the episode. Draw an org chart, put the key positions in it, and see where you are and how spread out you are. And look to those areas like Ed and Sharon were talking about. Where can I delegate this? Where do I need help? Because if I'm going to grow the business, you're wearing all the hats. You've got to give those hats up eventually. So where do you create the most worth? Is it in finance? Is it in operations? Is it in sales? Is it in marketing? Play to your strengths. Put yourself in the strength position and hire the rest out. I was going to say as you can afford it. But more importantly, you got to get it in there before you can afford it. Don't get yourself into crisis mode and think, geez, I should have hired an HR person six months ago. We're not getting the right people. So you've got to invest some of that cash rather than your pocket and in the company back into the personnel and knowing when to do that. 
uh, takes understanding where your organization is. So know your worth, know where your organization is and what holes you need to fill to move forward. That would be that'd be my tip tip of the day. And with okay. that, I think we're gonna say adios and we'll see everybody the next episode. Be sure to subscribe, Bye. drop us a line. If you think we're full of horse manure, we'll take that. Heck, we'll just talk. <laughs> we don't care if we we're talk easy. about it anymore. We're easy. <laughs> if you think we're full of horse manure, Ed can defend us. <laughs> no, come. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. All right. Until next time, adios, everybody. Take care. Cheers. Bye.